about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 306, that is three, it's zero And of course it's six, it's the NS Labs Podcast, I'm your host Nathan Judah Delighted, as ever, to be joined by the Wolves reporter at the old ENS. It's Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how's it going, lad? What in earth is that accent? Why? I'm excited. I'm ready. Why? I'm pumped. I'm full of coffee. I'm full of caffeine. I got up early today. I did a little 7K on the tread. I've had my new whole grain waffles with banana, a little bit of almond butter on there, a little bit of egg on the side, sweet, salty, bit of protein. I'm good. I'm full of beans. Yeah, you do sound quite uh, excitable. Um, interesting you said treadmill there. I can't, mm. do, I can't do treadmill. It's, it's, it's got to be road for me. No, I'm, I look, I, I completely get it. I mean, I, I love my, my road running, as many of you know, but I think once... You know when you get up and you're tired and you go into the kitchen and the last thing you want to do is put on clothes at 7.30am and go and run and the treadmill's just there, it's the peloton, I'm facing outdoors so I'm, you know, I'm seeing the garden, the dogs are out there playing, um, there's a new, a new app on peloton to get Netflix, so I can watch Netflix on it while running so you know, by the time you, you've watched a couple of Office US or something like that, you've kind of done your run and you feel pretty good. So you're implying that you did that run naked on the treadmill today then? I haven't done it naked before. I have done it in very small tight whities before and not oh, I what didn't, else. I didn't need this. You need uh, to see that. I you need, need to see image. that. I Come didn't. on. I really did. Come I on. Like, I spent enough time around you in pre-season not to, uh, <laughs> not to need that image in my head. Uh, oh dear. Yeah, but you know when you don't want to dirty clothes for dirty reason or you don't want to put on fresh clothes, so you're like, well, I'm in my pants and put the old trainers on and you're good to go, aren't you? Mate. No? Mate. No? The only good thing about Peloton, not that I own one, of course, mm, mm. Um, is... I'll donate, it. I'll donate one to you, mate. Oh, you're good to me. Um, it's the instructors, from what I can tell. Wow. Really? <laughs> you're a dreadful human being, you are, honestly. Yeah, why, wow, is it always, yeah. why is it always about exploitation with you? Whoa, 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 whoa. These are big, big words you've thrown it's around It's unbelievable, here. mate. It's <laughs> unbelievable. big words you've thrown Stop around. Stop ogling people. It's terrible. Don't you dare you throw these big words around. I can just admire... No, let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> unbelievable. No wonder you like your squatting. Um, so, so, um, so the good news is, is that there's been a development, a big development since we spoke last week, and I'm sure everybody's... Delighted to hear about it because we've been waiting for some of this news for a long time, and that is that uh, you and Rosie went to the same ice cream place that I went to last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's big news, massive, huge news. news. Oh, it was amazing as well. You like it? Really, you like really it? Good. Really, really good. Um, are, are we, for are those we who don't know, is Henley Henley Ice Cream, Henley and Arden Ice Cream Shop. Just Henley Ice cream? cream, I think it's called Henley, Henley Ice Cream, cream yeah. Limited or something like that. Oh, you're the pro now. Here you go. Oh, I know, I know, I know the lingo. Uh, yeah, so, so good. Not far from, from either of our houses, so a nice little drive down, and um, yeah, delicious. What did you go I, for? I went for Raspberry Ripple, which Ooh. was like an old school flavour that I used to have as a kid. So I sort Yeah, of none of this it. rubbish that you stick on top and the all the syrup and everything like that. This is no, proper no, no, old no, school Ripple. 100%, and it's, yeah, it reminded me, so I thought, you know what, I'll go for something that I would have 
when I was mm. younger, but I've not had for a long time. Like and then it. I decided to go a little bit because I was looking at the Jaffa cake one, the salted oh. caramel one, all yeah. of the chocolate ones, yeah. Biscoff one, all of that stuff is right on my street. But I mm. thought I, I go for that every time when I do these kind of trips. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not that it's that often. So. I, I mixed it up a little bit, went a little bit rogue, and I went yeah. clot, clotted cream. Oh, I've got a lot of time for clotted cream. Good shout by you. It was good. Could you taste it? Was it was it clotted? Was it very much an afternoon tea kind of a creamy uh, deliciousness? It was good. I felt it could have been a little bit creamier. I felt like I, I feel like because you've had the ripple, I assume you had the raspberry ripple on top. I did. With the cream. See, I feel like you should have maybe gone. The clotted cream on top to enjoy it first because I feel like your taste was might have been spoiled slightly by the ripple. <laughs> that is a is a very good observation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I, to be honest, we, we're speaking more in depth about ice cream than we ha- ever have with football. With so, uh, so um, I'm, I'm sick of it already, mate. I want to go home. Let's go. What, what, what did you get the other day? What flavours? Uh, I got pecan, wait, walnut, and maple and pecan. I think or walnut and pecan. I think. Um, Whatever it is, it sounds good. No, it was good. It was it was it was very good, and uh, I would recommend anyone to go. Look, there's a lovely walk there. Take the trip out, and if you're like in Wolverhampton, it's probably like forty minutes, forty five minutes. Have a nice drive on a Sunday. Get yourself away from the stress of a Saturday. There's some lovely walks there, and have an ice cream on me. And I'll tell you what, if you uh, if you go down and you're from Wolvo and you, you get the we'll, we'll we'll shot them an ice cream. We'll shot them a cone, won't we, Kino? I mean, if we're there, we'll buy them one. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. No, I'll buy them one. I'll buy them one. Keep yourself said, down. Let I me know. Yes, we'll sort, I said yes. We'll, we'll sort you one out. Um, also, um, before we uh, get onto the uh, the important stuff, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Um, that's the thing. Have you seen it yet? Either one. So it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I've seen neither. Oh. And I'm booked in tomorrow, Wednesday evening, to see mm. Oppenheimer. Ah. You see, people will be shocked to know that I've seen one. And um... <laughs> here we go. And it's definitely not Oppenheimer. Um, I went to go and see Barbie with the missus. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. It wasn't... I mean, you know, Margot Robbie aside, give the Oscar to her now. But, you know, it was fine. It wasn't It wasn't amazing. But then I'm thinking... I'm, I'm going out and thinking... I walk out and go, that was average. And then I thought... What, what was I expecting when I went to go and see Barbie? Was I expecting some sort of groundbreaking thriller? A stunner? So you know, it was it was fine, but yeah, I'm excited to go and see Oppenheimer. So, a, it's just it's, I'm, I'm getting old these days, though, Kino. It's like when every time I see three hours with a movie, I'm like, oh, it's a massive investment. And I want to go to the I want to go to the toilet twice. I don't want to miss anything. So I'm one of those people that like I'm into it, but I've got to go. You know, I'm getting old now, and I get round and I, and I get down to the front, and then I'm I'm almost walking towards the back end of the cinema, but I'm turning and walking backwards because I don't want to miss anything, and then I'll run out. And I'll pee quickly, and I might wash my hands, and then I'll run back in. Wow. Make sure that I haven't missed anything. Um, it's one of those. But I need at least a couple, I think. That's what put me off with Avatar. So what are your thoughts? So Excited? The, the, <laughs> so the idea that you miss out on these big blockbuster movies is because... You wait till a lull. You wait till you think there's a lull. If there's, if there's a lull in the film, you know, and you can't wait. You're not going to go in the middle of a of a massive action sequence. You know, you you wait till that's finished, and there's going to be probably a little bit of a boring five or six minutes, and you've got to time it right, and then you go, 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 go. Or just you know, don't have the bladder of a small child and hold it in. It's three hours. Come on, man. I know, but I like to go through at least a liter of water and probably a large. If I'm going to 
the NEC, probably a, a large coffee, um, Starbucks coffee as well. So that's a lot of, a lot of liquid, mate. Yeah, that is a lot of liquid, I'll give you that. But just don't drink all the water, then it'll be fine. But okay. um, look, we spoke about the cinema not long ago. It was, what, a few months back on a poddy, and we talked about you know the £5 ticket that Rosie transferred me for. Oh, yes, um, yes, of course, yeah. So, yeah, swapsies. So, so, so I booked uh, the tickets yesterday for, oh, for Wednesday. Um, Go on. Rather than the £5 tickets, I've splashed the cash. Oh, baby, those expenses are coming in, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. I've gone VIP. Oh my God! He's VIP absolutely tickets. VIP. I thought, yeah, wow. Let's yeah. um, let, let's treat ourselves. Let, let's secret. Look, look, the five pound tickets. Yes, they're great because they're cheap, but they're mm. a little bit. They were a bit cramped. There's not a lot of leg room. Let's try the VIP. Let's see if wow. they're worth the extra money. Let's see what they're extra worth. two quid each. Uh, two fifty each. <laughs> wow. So he's such a lucky lady, honestly. So man. let's see if it's I... worth it. And and guess what? Hasn't what? transferred me. No, um, she hasn't. No, she'll just be buying the snacks, baby. Oh yeah, and that's going to be what a pick and mix. You'll be you're the kind of kid as well that pick and mix. Who everyone else is having a little bit, and you come up with these two massive bloody blue dolphins, um, worth worth about four quid each. And uh, when you're on the paying scale, won't you? And you'll chomp through them throughout the first fifteen minutes, and then they're all gone before before you've even reached an hour into it. I mean, if I get popcorn, half of it's gone during the, uh, not the adverts. Popcorn. Not a popcorn guy, mate, to be oh, honest. Mate, it doesn't do anything great. for me. I'll be getting a Tango Ice Blast. Oh, God. The whole lot. And it's going to cost Rosie 30 quid. Yeah, well, you know what? That's, that's what happens when you choose not to put the tickets and you've got to make me do it. We better get uh, we better get into some football, mate. It's nearly 10 minutes and people are going to get angry with us. Are you ready? Let's do it. It's not as it, I mean, our shows have been so so short for the first five of them, so we need to probably make them a little bit longer. They've, they've been as long it. as Oppenheimer, haven't they, pretty much? <laughs> Literally are. Um, right. Oh, so, much, so much hope, so much joy um, going into Brighton. Wolves won Brighton for a few, a few ways to attack this, Liam. Um... First of all, chairman there, surprisingly, back early is what we thought. Uh, Fosun chairman there, Gore was there. Um, Gary O'Neill's home debut, crowd, full, great to see Molyneux back. Pitch looking glorious and, you know, we always knew it was going to be a good Brighton side, but off the back of that, that Monday night performance, where I think there were a lot of hope, a lot of expectation. Wolves had moments in the game, Liam, but ultimately um, fell quite a bit short over the 90 minutes. Um, I want to I want to discuss the game as a whole, but also maybe the take that you and me had on the game, which I think differs from quite a lot of people, actually, um, especially that first half. So if you want to maybe just give your, I guess, your, your summing up of, of the game and also maybe uh, how our thoughts differed from maybe the consensus. Yeah, maybe we haven't got a clue what we're talking about. So you, maybe you should, maybe you should switch off now. Maybe we don't know. Um, yeah, my game, my thoughts on the game as a as a whole. I thought Wolves definitely, as you said, had moments in that first half. I mean, the two big chances in in themselves are, are, are huge moments, aren't they? And there was definitely a couple of occasions that Wolves nicked the ball hard at the pitch or were, were quite quick in the transition and, and and you know attempted to overrun Brighton going forward. But for me, the vast majority of that first half, the key word was control. And I felt that Brighton had a grip on the fixture. Uh, whether they created enough chances to score 
two or three goals on top of the one that they that they did get in that first half. Maybe not clear-cut chances, but they definitely got into the positions. There was a lot of good crosses that came in, and if a player gambles, if a player is one or two yards further forward than what they are, they probably get on the end of a couple of those crosses. So I felt that the, the key word for me was control. Brighton, um, quite easily in second gear, I, I felt, were, were keeping Wolves at bay, and Wolves were making too many mistakes. And the thing for me was Wolves were trying to play out from the back, they were being pressed very heavily when they did have possession, playing out from the back. And Wolves were so slow and ponderous in attempting to play the ball out that every single player in the back four or Jose Sarr were misplacing passes. And that was where the pressure started to build with Brighton in control of the game. Second half comes out and it is, as everyone's been talking about, you know, uh, well, actually, first of all, the Matoma goal, unbelievable. But yeah, Wolves had two big chances they should have scored. Second half, everyone talking about this 10 minutes and it, and it is spot on because Wolves completely fell apart in those 10 minutes and Brighton are an incredibly impressive side so they, they love a team pressing them and Wolves went a little bit too gung-ho and they just picked their their spots picked their, uh, their their places for the passes ran in beyond and easy crosses for for goals I mean it was it was so it was so one-way traffic in that in that ten minutes, that it was frightening for Wolves, really. Um, and then what I you talk about the, our, our sort of opinion differing from from others. I think I was quite surprised coming in at half time. Did my half time tweet, go down to the the media room, and I, I tweeted to say I, th- I felt the Wolves were poor in that first half, and got back sort of fifteen twenty plus responses. Um, a lot of them really polite, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, Twitter's always on X, whatever oh, the yeah. bloody hell it's called these days. It's always polite. Um, saying that, are you watching a different game? We've been really good, and or we've been decent, or whatever variation of uh, I'm wrong. Um, I showed you, I, actually, before I showed you, I went, you're not going to believe this. I, look at these responses. We're, you know, we, must have, we must be seeing a different game here. You you thought I was joking. You were like, no, no, no. And you sort of fobbed me off. I was like, no, no, you read this. We, I don't think we could believe it, really, that most people felt Wolves played well in that first half. I, I didn't think they played particularly poorly. I just didn't think they had the control over the game, and that's where my phrase "poor half of Wolves" came from. Because you've got to have some, you've got to have some control. You gave far too many chances away, um, and then obviously the second half. I wouldn't say it proved the first half because it was really a ten-minute spell that, that ended it for Wolves. But I mean, they just fell apart, and after that, yes, they had. Ironically, Wolves actually had the control of the second half after those 10 minutes and didn't really do anything with it. And Brighton just were quite passive. And, you know, funny enough, Deserby was actually quite annoyed at his team for how much they laid they were, they were laid back and allowed Wolves the ball. And Wolves still couldn't do much more than, than score the one goal. It was um, it was disappointing, I felt. I just felt that Wolves were a little bit naive in the way they approached it. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you've said, really. Um I mean, for me, this was a Brighton team that are absolutely full of confidence, that had their system nailed down, who have made great additions. They can still lose players like Casado, and they everyone knows their roles. You know, the, the 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 signings they made in the summer. They've got a settled manager. They've got a, a system and players who know each other. It just it it smacked of a team playing full of confidence versus a team looking to find their identity, um, really. You know, new players, new manager, new coach, new feelings. And uh, I think that definitely showed. And for me, those, yes, three goals in 10 minutes or whatever it was, was incredibly severe and, and, and deeply worrying. But I, I do go back to that first half. And, and I agree because 
Liam, because I think, and you know, we are different, and you know, we always have difference of opinion, you know, from people and time to time. But I think this was pretty vast from, I, think, I guess, the majority of people who thought Wolves did very well in that first half. I felt the warning signs were there in that first half. I felt like it wasn't a shock that second half, maybe the amount of goals in, in the short space of time. But like you said, they had no control. They had two massive chances. Fabio Silva, we, we love you, Fabio. We've been, we've been pushing for you to start, but my goodness, you have got to score that. You've got to score that chance. 90% of that goal is gaping. You've got, to, you've got to score. You can't give the keeper a chance. And then obviously Ryan Aignorian, yes. If, if, if Fabio Silva scores and the equaliser, it's, it's probably a different game. But and I was trying to think, and I've rewatched the game, and I still have the same opinion about this. And I, I get the stats and I get the XG. I felt the stats in the game flattered Wolves, to be honest. Um, and we can go on about 38 shots and we'll go on about this in the first two games. I think that's good. That's great. That, that's, that's looking promising. And yeah, I've got to convert. But I do feel that when you look at the game, you look at the game as a whole, there was only one team who had control of that game for the majority of it. And that was, and that was Brighton. Um, it was um, it was worrying. It was it was worrying at times, and I'm trying. Like I said, I was trying to think back to a game where that was kind of the similar. And it, you might not remember it, Liam. Well, you might. You might have been in the crowd. I go all the way back to, and I think it was Wolves' first game in the Premier League, back in the Premier League with Nuno, and they played Everton at home. I was actually in the crowd for that one. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was in I, the North, North Bank two-two, wasn't it that game? Yes, and I, yeah. I think it was two-two. I believe it was two-two. I've gone back and looked, but and that, that would involve research, and that doesn't happen on this podcast. But yeah, I think it was two-two, and it was a bizarre game because I felt like Wolves never had control over that game, even though it finished two-two, even though it was such a long time ago. And I felt at certain times in this, in the, in that first half, there were almost the same signs. Wolves were battling but they were never in control of the game and then obviously the second half happened and that was um that was obviously a brutal reminder of a, and a lesson finishing to to a wolf side who like i said are still trying to find their identity were they as bad as what the scoreline suggested no were they were they better than the scoreline suggested against manchester united yes where are they as a team trying to find themselves probably somewhere in the middle of that but i did feel that first half was um the warning signs were definitely there yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you, on those chances, you, you spot on with Fabio. Um, I've been calling for him to, to start as well. I think a lot of the fans were. I didn't think he took his chance, unfortunately. I thought he was quite poor, to be honest. Uh, obviously, he came off, what was it, 50, 60, something like that. I, I didn't what, think was the keen rater? what was the keen rate in the old ratings on Sunday? All oh, for Fabio. It, mm. it was a four, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. For, and to be fair, he wasn't the only one. Um, no, a, no. A, lot, a lot of the defence uh, yeah. were, the, were in a similar boat. Yeah, um, yeah and you have to score that chance. Eight Nori, the chance was a little bit tighter. Of course, he's not a striker as well, but as a bare minimum, you've got to hit the target there. You don't blast that over the bar. Um, so both of them absolutely uh, need to do better in those two situations. And then also, you know, talking about the warning signs and talking about defensive frailties. Look at each of the goals as well. Um, I mean, Dawson had a, had a torrid afternoon. Everyone has said that, and I think that's obvious. Um, interesting that he came off, but Gary O'Neill sort of fobbed it off as he was on a yellow card, and I thought it was a, a smart move to take him off. But let's be honest, he was having a stinker as well. Um, Tomato, we said on this podcast last week, you play that Man United fixture, you're absolutely excellent all afternoon, all, all evening. You've got to back it up against Brighton. And he was so, so bad. I mean, he was so sums, bad. sums up Nelson Tomato's career, unfortunately. I, I completely agree. He was so bad. So, um, and, and it's so, a shame. So, I don't, so, I, I, so I, inconsistent. I don't, I don't it's frustrating. Take, yeah, no, it is. I don't take any joy from that because I, I, I like 
uh, Nelson as a, as a person, as a player. I think there's there's someone in there that can do very well for Wolves, but this is completely, as you say, sums up his Wolves career. Has one amazing game, and then five days later has that kind of performance. Um, and then looking at, I mean, I thought Kilman and Eight Nori did slightly better than the other two, but again, not you know incredible. And I can pick them both out for individual goals. I mean, um, the I think it was the second goal right at the beginning of the of the second half. Welbeck runs straight off Kilman. Kilman's totally out of position. Long ball over the top, and Welbeck's through that shot. Obviously, gets saved into Matoma. Matoma passes to Estupinan and scores. Um, you look at Sonny March's both goals. Runs off uh, Eight Nori for the first one. Eight Nori doesn't keep up with him. Gets beaten in the box. Beaten to the ball on the opposite flank. And Ciso then pops up with the ball and. Sonny March does the exact same thing, but does it, does it against Semedo. Runs beyond him. More desire, more determination. Wants to get to the ball first. Gets there, gets a tap in. If both of those fullbacks react a little bit quicker or have, let's be honest, a bit more... I'm trying to word it word it, word it in a friendly, uh, family-friendly manner. <laughs> um, if, they, if they show a bit more desire and a bit more intent to get back and defend, they, they get back and make a clearance of both of those chances regardless of the cross getting in in the first place, they both get a clearance there because neither of them are slouches, neither of them are slow. I would back them both in a race against Solly Marge and they could have easily got there had they given it a bit more or had a bit more awareness about them as well. So I thought those both goals for them two in particular were really disappointing as well. Um, it was it was a very difficult 10 minutes and yes, you can give Wolves a bit of credit that they came out after that and had control over the game but how many times did Pedro Neto get one-on-one with a defender, cut back in and make a pass how many times did Nunes make a pass inside, attempting intricate one-on-two passes and, and losing possession when they're on the edge of the box or just inside the box? How many times did they get an opportunity to take a shot and not and not take it? And it sums it up for me when Huang darts into the box, cuts inside a defender that's that's trying to well, slides into attempt a, a block, cuts inside, puts it on a plate for Nori on your left foot have a quick shot from 10 yards and you probably score or minimum hit the target and make the keeper work. What does he do? He cuts back inside, takes a touch and then gets tackled. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a straightforward let fly with your, with your left foot. It's on your left foot as well. You, that's your, your favourite foot. You fall one down, have a shot and he cut inside. And I, I, I don't think I've ever seen Molyneux react as loudly to a missed chance than mm. that one. I mean, they were beside themselves I thought that just summed Wolves up that day for me and and really their goal scoring problems over the last couple of years but I'll just finish on a, a couple of very small positives from, from the half I thought Huang did very well when he came on not just the fact that he got the goal but I think he's someone who shows those cojones that I was uh, referencing to a minute ago in, in the friendly family friendly manner um, I like Huang I think he's he's, he's the probably the biggest goal scoring threat Wolves have got and unfortunately that says a lot about the squad at the moment but he's um, he's in the right place at the right time. So I thought he did well. And Cunha again, yes, he didn't score, didn't get an assist, but thought he ran himself into the ground. When he did pick the ball up, there was a few really nice passages of play. I thought he was easily the best of the forwards from the starting eleven as well. So two very small positives, but that is you know being kind and trying to drag something out of it really. Sorry, the little kid of me. Um, you had me at um, Cajonas, and then you said I like Wang. Um, pretty much in the next sentence, so it's quite funny. Sorry, that's uh, that's very uh, very adolescent of me. Apologies. That's poor from you, mate. It is poor from me. Poor from um, you. It was um yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm going to go through. I mean, look, we can, we can go through kind of the, a lot of it, but I think we've, we've you've summarised it pretty well there, Liam. A couple of things I want to discuss. First of all, 
Can Gareth Southgate not go to any more Wolves games, please? Because every time he's there, Wolves are terrible. They concede a load of goals. Um, Max Kilman is, is is pretty poor. And uh, it's, it's not a good look all around. But yeah, obviously the England manager there um, and and also the chairman of Fosin and, and, and the chairman. Look, not not the best uh, not the best game for them to to attend. Unfortunately, what do you think their thoughts are on this situation and the way that Wolves obviously were were pulled apart in that second half? Do you feel that easy to say? Do you feel like looking at that, there might be any kind of movement? If there might have been, there might have um, there might be any any change in opinion, or maybe they might find a few million here or there to to make a couple of acquisitions. We're going to go on to transfer in a little bit, but just from the eye test on Saturday and then being there, would that have moved the needle slightly, do you feel, or is that, is that just conjecture? I think at the Premier League level, at the elite level, you don't find many owners or many football clubs that react um, in that kind of manner. What is going on in the background there? Sorry, it's, uh, there's drilling. I'll close the window next uh, two doors away from us. I, th- I thought you were when I say, when I, 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 mean, I mean machinery, by the way. <laughs> wow. You, for me, you didn't need to uh, make that clear. Uh, I, th- I, thought you were sh- I thought you were shaving your beard while I was talking. You just <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I've um, closed the window. It's hot in here. You're, you're a good lad, don't worry. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah look, there's, no, there's not many clubs that, um, and to be honest, for the, for the right reasons, that react off one performance, one game and go out and make loads of signings. I think Wolves have definitely you know, spent a bit more money in summers, um, i.e. last summer, um, when, they, when they didn't expect to. But I think that was more of a case-by-case basis with players. Um, I don't think they're going to see that and turn around and say, right, we're going to we're all of a sudden going to I don't know, break FFP or find the money from somewhere to try and make this happen. Um, I think the reality is that Wolves are still looking at trying to bring in some, some loan players or cheap, cheaper deals. Um, whether that happens or not, it really you know, is up in the air, remains to be seen at, at this stage. And I don't think they'll see that and react to the point where they're going to go and smash the cash because, one, it's the decision they've made not to break FFP and they're, and they're following the rules, so it's almost impossible for them to do it anyway. Um, secondly, I don't think they're, they're going to react off one, one game, one performance. I think they're quite confident behind the scenes that you know Gary O'Neill is going to get out of this squad what he needs to and that the squad is albeit light in a couple of areas and I think everyone knows that is good enough to to still compete so for right or wrong whether people agree with that or not I think that's probably the position and um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do do in the, in the next few days and, and, and week or two before the end of the window but um, I doubt it's going to be anything major. Okay, um, like I said, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more about that uh, in due course. But another thing that came to light, and I only saw this actually um, on the Sunday morning, um, the amount of notifications we get on a Saturday, Keen. I mean, I used to go through them at night. I still try and go through them and have a, a little play, but it's just impossible to go through everything. So I, I did end up seeing this on Sunday morning. Um, and it was a video from um, our one of our podcast friends um, in America, Chris Fisher, who um, lives in Tampa, so obviously they get to watch the games uh, on Peacock, and he took a video of the players coming out after half time. And uh, interesting, I mean, look, I'm not going to read too much into into players coming out because I think it's you're going down a dangerous road with that. But the Wolves players kind of were pretty static and looked kind of um, just walking out slowly. And I guess Brighton were 
running out, jumping out, ready to go, and then you know when you concede three in the first ten minutes, it's uh, it's not it's not a great look, I guess. And then people will go back to that and go, you know, what's going on? Uh, what are your thoughts on your take? And have you seen the the so video, the the so named video? Yes, no, same as you. I saw it the following day, and um, and, and and obviously you can understand why a lot of fans picked up on it. You have to look at it purely on what we can see uh, and what we do know, and that is from the video itself. And you can't defend what you see because it, it's a really bad look for the players. Um, they look disinterested. Uh, they look sloppy. And obviously it's easy to they say They're particularly that. happy, do they? They look, they look yeah, naked, exactly. don't they? And it's easy to say that because they've gone out and conceded three goals in ten minutes after that. If, if they came out and... Scored. Scored or won that yeah. game, we wouldn't be talking about it. So I think that's, that's an important point to make as well. But purely, purely based on what we're looking at, I think it does. It's a it's a really bad look, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You cannot argue against that. But I do think that some of the suggestions that that, that people are, are are pointing to to Gary O'Neill for this um, to say that he's not been inspiring or not gene the players up or his team talk has been useless for for anyone and and by anyone I mean anyone on Twitter talking about it because no 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 one on Twitter that's talking about it was in the dressing room at half time. I don't think anyone can sit there and say and, and criticise him for that without mm-hmm. knowing the context or being in the room and knowing what was said. Um, you can criticise the players for, for their reaction and how they came out um, and purely on what we can see and what we know. But without having the full context, I think it's, I think it's very unfair to be coming at Gary O'Neill over this. And I think a few fans have probably just taken it, um, taken the frustrations out of it in the wrong way, to be honest. Because you, you can't, without knowing what was said and what happened, it's impossible to criticise the manager um, you can only criticise what we've seen on the pitch and what we've seen from the players coming out I think so let's look at the table I'm scrolling down I'm scrolling down oh here they are there, there they are there they are um, so four teams st- still to get off the mark obviously Luton and Burnley have only played one game their game was uh, postponed due to the fact that Luton's uh, ground wasn't ready we'll be going there pretty soon actually Uh Look, I'm looking at the team. I'm looking at the table. I'm looking at the early signs. Can I give you? Can I give you my early take on what's happening this season? Hit me. Okay. So not for literally. me, pardon. I said not literally. Okay. For me, for me, Luton are down. Oh, big call. For me, Luton are down. Luton go. Luton go. Luton leave the Premier League. For me, Sheffield United are down. They're going. Big They're call. going. Yeah, they're going. I've seen enough. They're, they're, they're going. Guaranteed um, Wolves 1-0 losses to those don't two care. Don't care. Those two teams are getting relegated. Mark my words, those two teams are getting relegated. Okay, Luton are down. Sheffield United are down. So if I'm, if I'm saying that, I'm saying there's going to be one more team to go down this season. Now, I think Wolves are part of what I'm going to call the glob. The glob, which is... Lovely word. Yeah, glob, which is basically... Six or seven teams who are going to be in that mix at this moment in time. Now, people can move below the glob and go into that relegation, or they can move above it and like they're okay. But at this moment in time, I consider Wolves to be in the glob. So, Luton and Sheffield United, I'm putting them aside for me. This is for me. This is this is Nathan Judah. I'm putting them 19th and 20th. So, 18th and above we're playing for. Now, Wolves are in that 18th and above glob, along with, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Everton, one. Burnley, two. Bournemouth, three. Fulham, four. Crystal Palace, five. I think they're all part of 
the glob? I think you might have missed one. Um, I probably have done. Um, it sounded like I missed one. Go on. Forest. And Nottingham Forest. Sorry, Nottingham yeah, Forest. I think Forest. Six. I think Forest could potentially correct. Be correct. So, so Forest, Palace, Fulham, Bournemouth, Burnley, Wolves, and Everton. That's that's eight teams there that are part of the glob that I feel like are all interchangeable to a certain extent. I genuinely do. Like some teams will do well and, and potentially go to the top of that glob. Some teams will do badly and are at the bottom of that glob. At the moment, Everton and Wolves are at that bottom. They've, they've played two, they've lost two. They've conceded, you know, the minus four and minus five in goal difference. And of course, they play each other on Saturday. But for me, Liam, those teams are the teams that Wolves will need to finish at least halfway up that table for them not to be in danger of relegation this season as it stands and it's very early and we're two games in and we could be talking completely different in a month's time and I hope we are but I think early indications are that Wolves are in that that little bracket with Everton with Burnley Wolves Bournemouth Fulham Forest those are the teams that Wolves are going to be competing with in their own mini league this season Okay. Before I say anything, am mm-hmm. I right? I'm going to stitch you up here, so prepare yourself. Oh, God. Am I right in thinking you were a few potties ago preparing yourself for some sort of bet? Yes. I just wonder yes. whether this might be a good time or not. I've really yes. Been, by the way, we, do, we haven't, we haven't uh, prepared this uh, beforehand. I have, I've well and truly have stitched Mr. Judah up here, but... Uh, we're 33 minutes in. People know this pod isn't prepped by listening to it so far. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, I'll say it. Here we go. I'm excited Ready? for this. I've been thinking about this for a few weeks. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Wolverhampton Wanderers will not go down this season. I'm incredibly confident. They're not getting relegated. And if they do get relegated, which they won't, I will host for the podcast listeners a barbecue <laughs> next summer nice. all food paid for we'll get some private chefs in we'll sort it all out potty listeners we'll get a we'll, we'll, we'll have we'll have a, a knees up for a couple of hours we'll all commiserate and have a drink and it will be completely free and this will like i say only be to podcast listeners and um, I'm that confident because I'm laying thousands of pounds worth on the table. So, walls aren't going down, okay? Okay? Is that okay? You'll come, Keena, won't you? You'll come for a freebie. Oh, absolutely, mate. If it's a freebie, I'm off 100% there. Um, I mean, I'm so, it's a, it's a small consolation. I mean, Wolves are lo- losing hundreds of millions of pounds and uh, they're in the championship. But, you know, Judah's putting on a barbecue. So, it's, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm, you win um, some, you lose some. I think that's a very admirable uh, suggestion from you. It's, it's brave. Thank you. Yeah. Um, some would not, say stupid. Some would say stupid. I, I, I didn't want to necessarily say that, but I'd agree. Um, I, I actually agree with the with with the bet, but the fact that you've <laughs> the fact that you've put that on the line, knowing you as I do, yes, is um, quite. Oh, I'll come through with it. It's quite I'll come through incredible. With it. No, no, I know. I don't doubt you. I don't doubt that at all. But it's it's quite incredible. So, um, wow. That yeah. <laughs> this could be yeah. a disaster. This could be this <laughs> financial could be, disaster. This could be a police incident. <laughs> this this could completely fall apart. 
we're going to have to get some sort of ticket system. Because I'm only having podcast listeners. I'm not having people, regular fans who don't listen to the poddy. Meh. I actually, no. think, I actually think you would have to do with some sort of ticket system. Oh, no, we would do, I, yeah. I'm not trying to necessarily big up our influence here, but if this got around, there could be... 10,000 people turn up at your house. I don't need a lot of asbos or whatever, you know what I mean? Don't have people coming in, you know what I mean? Yeah. All the, all the, all the, all the wrong ones from top of the street coming down with a, with a, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wolves fan, mate. I'm a Wolves fan, mate. Come on, let's get some, let's get on the, the, the white lightning. Got some white lightning. So what, they're from Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, top of the street, mate. It's unbelievable, that. Um, That's quite incredible. Um, so, yeah. There's like a one percent of me now that kind of wants Wolves to be relegated. Stop it! Just, just so Stop this, it! Just so this happens. Stop it! I'm joking, of course I don't. But I really don't want to lose three 0 Everton on Saturday. <laughs> Honestly, if you lose three 0 Everton, this is going to be clipped up and played. Oh, you, you, you might as well start saying, "Well, it's you. So you don't have to start saying it now." But let's yeah, hypothetically start saying it. No, saving let's now. let's let's not be crazy. Come on. Um, yeah, barbecue. I'm going to host a barbecue for the potty listeners. How's that? It's okay, That's okay, isn't it? That's crazy. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's because I'm, I'm trying to show my confidence that Wolves will stay up this season, but they are part of this glob. Wolves, Everton, Burnley. I've never Burnley, heard the word glob so much. <laughs> Wolves, Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth, Fulham, Palace, Forest. Fulham's do you interesting agree or, there, Do you agree way. or not? Fulham's an interesting one because um, obviously they've got round, they've just signed, just signed Adama, but they've lost Mitrovic. Well, exactly. This is, this, this is my case in point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't have... Th- sort of initially thought of them but I, I actually wouldn't argue with their inclusion necessarily because obviously all of those clubs you're going to be looking at up to what 12th, 13th whatever it might be anyway so yeah. and I put Wolves I think I said about 14th today is that yeah. Right? So, yeah exactly yeah so it's about right um, and yeah I can't argue with those teams I think that's probably right um, I, I completely agree with Luton and Sheffield United albeit I'll say we both wrote Bournemouth off last season and look what happened we did so, correct um, but I, I do agree and I know we're going to come on to Everton a bit. I've got to mention them very briefly. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry to have to say this before Wolves play them because we all know that it, this could be my fault. Crucial but, game this, um, so but, you know I'm really looking forward to covering it. <laughs> go on. Sorry. My God, they look bad. Oh, mate! I don't want to have to say it, but they look and they're starting eleven. I know it's still you know there's still some time in the window to go. They look terrible. So I'll be honest with you, they'd be my. They'd be my bet of that glob, as you phrase it. I agree. It, to go I down agree. at the moment, but but you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of time to go. There's a lot of games to go. Some some transfer window business to happen now in the winter <laughs> for other clubs. For the for other clubs. <laughs> so um, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. There was a there was a guy who replied to me, I think, on Twitter the other day, and. Uh... You know, I said that the Everton game was very important, albeit game week three, and I think people misinterpreted. Some people misinterpreted it as, oh, it's only game week three. What are you talking about? This isn't like a six point or anything like that. I'm, like, I'm not saying it is. It's game week three. Don't be stupid. But it is very important as to where Wolves are. And yes, they are still trying to find their identity, as I said earlier on. But but you look at how bad that Everton side is. Um, you really want to come away and get some points on the board. At Everton for me, or points at least. If you get beat at Everton, then you know you, you were, you're a little bit worried, aren't you? I think you've, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to um, watching on from a distance. What do you mean? Oh, oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? What? Tell me you're going to beat Everton. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, break it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there. Why? Um, well. This sounds like a coincidence, but I'll be 100% honest with you. Go on. I said to you, publicly and privately, <laughs> I said no, to you on this podcast... We're live, by the way. I know, I know. Okay. I said on this podcast, and I yeah. said it privately, mm. I was genuinely considering 
booking holiday or booking time off, sorry, for Everton away next year. This was a month ago before the, the fixtures came out because I don't want to have to visit that dump of a, of a stadium ever again. I hate and you that work. place. Um, and you're missing the game. And let, let me get there. Let me get there. Cool. The, the atmosphere is is brilliant. It's old school. Mm. The fans are good. It's mm. an intimidating place to go. I think as a footballing venue, it's great. Yeah. As a media person, oh. <laughs> the facilities are horrendous. Um, as people and, know from our from our media list last season, and, and I'm not attempting to be snobbish, snobbish about this because I, I you know I have to. I'm looking forward to Luton this season because it's a new ground for me. Not the, yeah. I just hate Everton. Not as a club. I just hate the. I just hate the ground. I can't go there again. Parking, so, the walk. The... This is going to be their third. Their, I, th- I believe. I, I think it's right. This is going to be their last season before the um, correct before the new stadium. Yeah. And I was like, right. I really, really. I'm genuinely. I might just book off the weekend and just not actually do anything. But months ago, Rosie and mm-hmm. I and uh, some of her family booked um, to go to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival and maybe a couple of beverages while they're there. Oh. Fixtures come out in June, whatever the, whatever it was. Yeah. And it is the exact weekend that I'm in ever that I'm in Edinburgh. Wow. Is Everton away. What a coincidence. I, I promise you it's a coincidence and I could not have been happier. It was un- <laughs> honestly it was like Christmas had come early. So unfortunately I am also missing the Blackpool Carabao Cup, oh! game, which is a shame. Um but that's just the way it is. But What am I gonna do? I know, I know, I know, I know. But um I'm hoping that me not being there means Wolves win. And then when I come back for the Palace game, I'll be inundated with messages about you're the jinx. Can you please not go to the game? We don't want you there. And um, and I'll go back. AKA and Southampton away last season. <laughs> Case in point, Southampton away last season. I can't believe I missed that one. Um, so look, uh, obviously if Wolves win, I'll be annoyed I'm not there. But for purely not going to that stadium, I'm delighted. No, fair enough, mate. I mean, you've got to have a break. Like I was saying to you earlier on, you know, you've had six weeks summer time off um, in the close season where you could have booked something. You've got the international break in two weeks' time, so why wouldn't you take a holiday in game week three and miss two games? So yeah, Don't fair play, you mate. Dare slay you me fair off. play, fair I'm, play. I'm, I'm, look, if anyone if anyone is after an apology, mm. not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. sorry I booked some time off as well, mate. But I've got. Um, I'm going um, in international only because, break only because it's Goodison. Only because it's Goodison. Oh well, mate. Um, who have I got? On the Saturday, who's, who's going to be covering with me? Uh, I believe you've got Mr. Matt Mayer. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I love Matt Mayer. He's, um, Matt's, Matt's top drawer, actually, to be fair. Chief, by the way, brought in the big guys, chief chief uh, football correspondent for the Express and Star and a very, very good reporter. It would be nice to work with someone who's a professional, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, so oh, no, 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 that. I completely agree, mate. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I hope um, have, have a good time in that uh, press box where you cannot breathe. <laughs> you know? It's well, you can't good. even leave to go for a waz. Oh, dear. Yeah, I can't stand it either. But um, I'll have to make do. I'll have to bring my own food or something like that. Right, OK, moving away. Um, deadline day, Liam. Are you going to be here for that? Or is, are you away for that? <laughs> so, uh, conveniently, uh, my first day back in work is uh, Friday, September 1st, which is... The, oh, lovely. Excellent which news. Is, I'm assuming... I don't actually know this, but I'm assuming it will be, will be press conference day for Gary O'Neill ahead of the Palace game. And also... Uh, sounds like deadline day, so it's going to be a pretty busy day. Um, well, you say, you say, or, or not busy, you know what I mean. <laughs> you say, say busy day, I mean, goodness me. The way busy, going, I meant long day, more, rather, yeah, <laughs> rather than yeah. busy. It is a lot, it's going to be a long day. Um, 
Look, where are we with um, with, with transfers? Are with transfers? You know, we're having a little bit of a laugh and a joke, but it is serious. It's not. It's you know, it's not a great situation that Wolves are in. We we've talked to death about uh, the restrictions this season, so we're not going to go into that. But in terms of players, do you want to know about players? They want to know. Look, um, Lamina, Nunes, Huang, um, Daniel Pedence, Johnny. You know, even Fabio to a certain extent. There's all these names that are still getting mentioned about potential exits. Um, Wolves, of course, I don't think want to lose you know anyone from that first team. Absolutely, I mean, we talk about the fringe players and can they get a little bit of moves done? Can they sign someone for money? Can they get some some loans in season long loans? Can they get someone in signed with an obligation to buy? What what can Wolves expect in these? Depending on when you listen to it, last seven or eight days of the before the window shuts. Yeah, which is next Friday at eleven o'clock. By the way, it is. PM. It is looking at um, incomings first. I think. Yeah nothing has changed really from what we've been saying before the Wolves are still looking at doing loan deals probably sort of cheaper smaller fees um, and and I still you know, want to bring a couple of players in I think centre-back's the obvious one we've got three senior ones for me as well I think a winger would be a good one particularly if Pedence does move on obviously the situation with him at the moment um, but there's a couple two maybe three I think for, for depth and just to add a bit of competition to the squad I think it's pretty obvious that Wolves do need some additions Look, the club aren't stupid. They know that, and Gary O'Neill knows that you need to try and add in those departments. The problem is negotiating the kind of loans that you might be looking at, or, or cheaper deals you might be looking at, is um, is not always straightforward at this time of the window. Loans as well often drag on till later in the window. There's a sort of domino effect with players and other clubs. Um, I still hedge my bets. The Wolves will be able to do something, but I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident at this at this point. And if it is to happen, it could be a case of happening, you know, later in the window, uh, towards the, the the latter stages with, um, as I say, with that domino effect of, of people moving and, and other clubs doing business. So um, the Wolves still want to do it. They still want to try and make something happen. But there's also a, a, a sense that uh, they're confident in the squad they've got there. And whether the people agree with that or not, you know, everyone has their own opinion. But that is, you know, currently where Wolves are Wolves are out and the attitudes towards the the players and the squad they've got. Um, in terms of outgoings, it's been quite a, a big one the last few, maybe a week or two. Lamina, Nunes, Huang are three big ones that have been linked with moves away. Fabio, as well as you mentioned. Um, I don't doubt that there's clubs interested in them. Of course, clubs will be interested in them. They're, I think they're, they're very good players, regardless of how well they have or haven't done with Wolves. I think they're talented players that, that clubs will want. And the long and short of it, as far as, far as Wolves is concerned, is... We are not interested. No, thank you. No deal. We don't want to let anyone go. And the reason for that is, well, they're key players. Secondly, they know the the squad is light or at least small. And any high-profile losses now at this stage of the window, we're recording this on the 22nd of August, mm-hmm. um, any losses now at this, at this stage of the window leaves Wolves in a very difficult position from a footballing point of view. So Wolves are absolutely not interested in letting any of those players go and are adamant that they definitely won't be going anywhere. Now, the only thing to add to that is that as with any club, as with any player, and Wolves are no different, if it's a ridiculous fee, if it's an inflated fee, Wolves will consider it. Of course they will. Um, As with any other club, with any other player, Wolves will, at the very least, consider an offer that comes in if it's a ridiculous offer, something something big, if a club gets desperate. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't see any of those players going. Um, but I think it's important to mention that if anything does occur, because it's not. A, I don't think you can say for any player ever that it's a one hundred percent not going to happen, not for sale, because money talks. 
but Wolves are pretty adamant that no one's going anywhere. So I think a lot of the, the supporters are getting worried about Wolves having a fire sale and Wolves being willing to allow two, three, four key players to go between now and, and September 1st. I think that is absolutely not the case and, and, and they, can, they can rest a little bit easier, I think. So as it stands, you expect the, 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 those key players that I've just mentioned there, um, the likes of Huang, Fabio, um, Nunes, Lamina, those kind of players who have been discussed about that they will be staying at Wolves. Do you expect them to be staying on? You still be at the club on September the second? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. There's, there's there's no part of me that thinks that they won't be. Um, but I always have to add that caveat. I, I get if, that. I completely. A bit, that, yeah. If a club comes in and offers silly of money, course. Wolves of course going to look at it. But other than other than that, there's no no other indications or no other reasons why Wolves would be looking to sell any of those players. Do you think that, or do you think Wolves need? Now, we're talking, and I expect them, I fully expect them to sign a centre-back as cover. I don't expect them to sign a starter as cover because I think that Dawson and Kilman are those two. Despite Dawson getting substituted, I feel like still Dawson is, you know, one of those one of those starters that, for Wolves. But do you expect or do you think or do you think Wolves need from the team or from the 11 starters that they've had so far that they need to bring in a player or could you see them bring in a player who is going to come in and start for them to be a starter? Or do you feel this is very much a padding out of the squad, bringing in a couple of players who are going to add depth, but not potentially be an integral member of a starting lineup straight away? Yeah, I think it's. I think it'd be the latter if they if they do some business because um, obviously the financial issues are, are one thing, but equally, as I said, these deals are not the easiest kind of deals to negotiate, particularly later. In a window, uh, and that they often accelerate a little bit quicker later in the window as well, as I said. And I don't think that you're necessarily going to get a starter on a loan at this stage, unless Wolves are able to negotiate an option, like a healthy option, to buy for for the club that's selling, or even an obligation, um, which of course would would be possible for Wolves because they would it would push the money on until the following summer and the following financial year, which means it would be something Wolves could look at. Um, I, I I just find it hard to believe that they're going to bring in any sort of bigger names now that are going to add to that side of eleven. I think the squad they've got there is what they would see as, you know, quote unquote the core group for Wolves now, and um, and they'll be the, the the main players I think that will be taking Wolves through until at least January. But remember as well, this financial concern is the financial year, so it includes January as well. So as it stands, I wouldn't expect Wolves to do a lot of business then either. But of course, there's a lot of time between now and January. So it very much depends what happens. Certainly does. Right. Uh, one person who definitely will not be coming in in the, in the summer uh, because Wolves have let him go um, on a permanent is Ryan Giles. We'll talk about him this summer, whether Wolves are going to keep him, whether they're going to sell him. He ended up going to Luton Town um, on a deal. And there was a clause in the contract, Liam, uh, with... With Ryan and uh, and a potential, you know, transfer when when if if and when um, Luton decide to sell him, can you tell us a little bit more about the specifics in that deal? Because I know Wolves have got um, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of an interest in it. Yes. So when it was announced, um, it was confirmed that there was a buyback clause in the deal to allow him to go to go to Luton for for five million. And, um, and I think that that pleased quite a lot of fans at the time because there was quite a few that felt that he was undervalued or felt that we shouldn't have let him go and that 
having that buyback clause was, I think there was a lot of praise from Matt Hobbs um, on, on, online from what I could see. And people were pleased that that, that option was there for, for Wolves. And it, and it seems like a smart option because he's a player that, and there's obviously question marks over his defending, but he's a player that could develop really well at Luton. Obviously, if they go down as well, there's an option there. Um, so there's, I think it's a smart thing to have in there. So just been trying to sort of find out a bit more detail on whether it's a specific figure or, or what kind of um, clause it is for Wolves. Um, so, so really the the crux of it is that Wolves will have the opportunity. It's not a direct figure. Wolves will have the opportunity to match the bid of, an, of any other club that comes in for him. So let's say hypothetically that, I don't know, West Ham next summer offer 10 million for him to Luton. Mm-hmm. Wolves would have the opportunity to match that bid. Um, but it isn't a straightforward figure. It's not that Wolves have in the clause uh, a 7 million buyback clause and that's the figure that they use. It's whatever bid comes in from another club. Wolves have to be contacted by Luton, have to have the opportunity to match it. doesn't necessarily mean that they sign him because it comes down to personal terms with the player and obviously whether the club accepts the offer. Um, but let's say, hypothetically, West Ham offered 10 million. Wolves had a buyback clause option to match the bid. There was two offers on the table for 10 million. Luton accepts both of them. Ryan Giles then has to go personal terms with both clubs. So it doesn't mean that necessarily that Wolves will get him, but Wolves have the opportunity to to match any bid for, for any other club that, that comes in for him. And I think it's a smart move. Look, it, obviously, it, it depends on the context of where Wolves are at, are at at the mm-hmm. time of any bid coming in. If, if Wolves are in the Championship or if Wolves are going for Europe or wherever Wolves might be, or yeah. whatever, whoever they got at left-back at the time, um, and it's too high uh, a figure or whatever it might be Wolves may not even attempt to, to match the bid but they've got that opportunity in their back pocket if they need it so it seems like a fairly a fairly smart uh, a smart thing to, to do I think um, and then equally as well um, obviously there's the add-ons the salon sorry salon clause for if he does go elsewhere so if Wolves match a bid again hypothetically West Ham match a bid there and he chooses West Ham, goes to that club, Wolves will still benefit financially from that deal because there's a, a salon clause in there. Now, the actual percentage of that salon clause, I'm still working to, to try and find that out, but I'm told it's a pretty healthy and decent figure. Um, I think you'd be safe to, to speculate at somewhere in the 10 to 20% range, but uh, I, I would uh, make it very clear that that is sort of speculating at this point. I'm just working to, to try and get a bit more on that. So um, I think overall, the... Whether people agreed that he was the it was the right deal to let him go or not on, on a permanent Wolves have sort of protected themselves with that deal, and um, it seemed like a pretty smart move. I felt like it maybe it'd be nice to give him a go, but I could understand why they haven't, and uh, and yeah, they've sort of protected themselves in, in in the deal going forward. So I mean, I, I get that Luton will, you know, like you say, West Ham coming for ten million, and and Luton will have to inform Wolves and say we've accepted an offer of 10 million do you want to match it but in the nature of things are at the moment and the way that football's run any club will get wind of how much a fee has been accepted for I mean Wolves could do that anyway couldn't they without having this this clause in the contracts I'm sure people will find out how much an accept, a fee's been accepted for and then they just put in a bid so I don't really get the adva- advantage of Luton contacting Wolves saying, would you like to match this bid? Because they could do that regardless. Surely on the grapevine and the way contacts and sources and between club chairmen these days, they, they're they quite happy to, um, if they're going to accept a fee, to, to bring more and more bids in. I think Wolves would also have the opportunity to counter as well. So you'd be able to, 
I don't know if a bid gets accepted, we'll mm. have the opportunity to to counter that bid with maybe a more lucrative offer um, okay. for, for Luton. So it can play in their, to their advantage in that in that uh, in that way as well. I think. But you, you're totally right. That look, obviously, word gets round. Part of my job and, and other reporters is to try and find out this information, and, and we we get stuff passed through to us. Other clubs talk. Other people uh, that work at different clubs talk, and word does get round. Um, I suppose the the argument to that would be there's no guarantee that it's going to come across Wolves' desk necessarily. Um, they may not. Even I mean, look. it's unlikely. Let's be honest. It's unlikely that Wolves are going to buy back Ryan Giles. Let's be honest. I think so. I think so. Um, but it, it very much depends how he gets on. If he goes and has an unbelievable season for Luton this year or even next year, there's there's always that opportunity, you know, in your in your back pocket. I, I think it's it's whether they use it or not uh, is neither here nor there at this point because he's left a few weeks ago and the season's only just started it's more that I think it's, an, it's, a, it's a good thing to have in your back pocket and maybe Wolves have been guilty in the past um, of not utilising everything at their disposal in terms of deals whether that's buying or selling players so mm-hmm. the fact that they've got something like this in uh, in, in the contract, I think is um, can only be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look, Man City have done it with a quite, quite a few of their youngsters, haven't they? They've come out, but they get they get first dibs really at the, at the player. But I think when you're talking about that and you're talking about players in that kind of academy or 23s or you know whoever they're, they're loaning out or, or selling, I think Manchester actually have something where they they get first chance to buy them back. You know, before any other clubs, you know, maybe a, a massively inflated fee, but. You're talking about someone who can develop at another club and potentially become a world beater or potentially world beater, and because money's no real object, you can kind of get away with that, can't you? And if you got to take a, a thirty million hit or a forty million hit, then then so be it, because these players could be hundred million pound players in five, six, seven years' time. So I get it. I think it's a little bit different with Wolves, and especially the financial situation, the finances that it is at this moment in time. But we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, City are just spending money left, right, and centre, aren't they? You look at Chelsea, I think. Just as we've spoken, they've just City have just um, agreed a fifty-one million quid fee with for Doku, twenty-one years old. So nice to be able to do that. Nice to spend five million on fifty-one million, mate. <laughs> Mikey. Um, one more thing before I come into questions. So we'll go to questions and then we'll talk about Everton. So um, Daniel Pedence, uh, a player who um, again quite a few people saying has been spotted in Portugal a um, couple of times recently. People asking, is he? Um, obviously, Gary O'Neill said him he's training with the twenty ones. She said it's a situation that, that that's that's developing and they're keeping tabs on it. I can't remember the actual words he used. You're probably able to tell me, Liam. Um, but it's just the situation at this moment in time. So, look, Daniel Pedence's days are, are absolutely numbered. But at the same time, they haven't they haven't found a buyer yet. So, eight days in the window. Daniel Pedence, one or two years left on his deal, Liam. Oh, good question. One, I believe. So one. So. You don't really want to loan him, do you, for wages? You really want to sell him, you know, depending on the fee. But, you know, we were looking at double figures. You've got to think that those are linked with Celtic a little bit. But you've got to think that we're pretty much in single figures now with the, with a the deal. You know, I haven't heard too much with him. So is he, at the, is he with the 21s? Is he going back to Portugal? Do you expect him to be sold for a decent fee? All of the above, please, sir. It is one, yeah. Just double-checked. Um okay. Well, let me put it this way. First of all, Daniel Pedence, as far as I'm concerned, is becoming a bit of a nuisance now. Um, I've um, I've made my thoughts quite clearly on here before about what he's like, and he's a bit of a spiky character. Is my my nice way of thra- phrasing it that I've uh, that I've been using. I think the um, the tweet he did the other week to say, or the other day, sorry, to say that he was training with, with the 21s and then deleting it is 
just strange behaviour, a little bit childish maybe. If you want to put something out there and, and be and make it clearly unhappy, put it out there. Don't you know? Put something out there, then delete it and let everyone wonder what's going on. Mm. Do you think? It's, do you think? Do you think it's a strange behaviour really from someone who's an adult? Um, <laughs> so, um, as a as a as a player in age in age. Yes, yeah, in age, absolutely. Um, as a player, I think he's. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he's, uh, he's. I think he's still a very decent player. I think he's clearly had, um, you know, a bit of a goal-scoring touch in comparison in the context of what Wolves have uh, managed to muster up in the last couple of seasons. So I don't think they could um, do much worse than having him involved. But he's made it very clear he wants to go. Wolves have been open to selling him, and they've not been able to have anything serious from a um, from a club to take him off their hands at the moment. That's the problem. He's stuck in limbo. So he wasn't training with the team under Lopetegui. He didn't go out to Portugal. Then O'Neill came in and brought him back in to train with the with the first team. Then within a few days or a week max, he's back training with the 21s again. Um, there's a common denominator here, and unfortunately it's Daniel Pedence. Uh He's uh, yeah not the easiest guy to work with. And the situation is that, uh, yeah, so there's been lots of about this. He can go back to Portugal, and uh, obviously the players get the following day off with... Um, with uh, after games and sometimes two depending on what the manager decides uh, they the players were back in on Monday they had Sunday off I don't believe Pedence was with the team on Monday or but on not with the team so back at Compton on Monday um, but I am told he was back today on Tuesday and from what I can find out and what it seems to me is that he's been going back to Portugal at the weekends fairly regularly because he's not involved with, with the first team doesn't want to come and watch the the games, um, and he's been going back to his homeland. So, um, for me, it's a matter of time before he moves on. But you have to have someone willing to come in and take him off your hands, and it's becoming a little bit of a distraction for Wolves now. Someone who is a uh, clearly unsettled and has been forced out of the first team picture so that he doesn't unsettle the group um, is now sort of a, a dark cloud hanging over Wolves in the squad. I don't think it's. That, I make um, it sounds a little bit dramatic. I don't think anyone's particularly that um, put out. Uh, you know, knows to put out a joint by him, but he's just for looking from the outside in and and what I know he's like and what's happened with him in the last few weeks. He's just becoming a bit of a nuisance. And I think that when I know no wolves are trying to do this, but if you can get something as soon as possible for him to move on, I think it's best for for all parties. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Fee, what would you say now? If I gave you six million quid for Pedence, would you take it? Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. I, mean, I think we're. Gonna, I think we're. Gonna look, I, I think Wolves are looking at five-ish. I, I really do. I would love to hold out for a little bit more than that and see what he can do. But mm. at this stage in the window, no one's taken off your hands yet. He's, it, the whole situation is a little bit messy. It's probably a good idea just to take it and, and let him move on. I might be. Put, I might be throwing him under the bus here, Liam. But um, is he? A, is he a guest if you play? Is he? Is he a Mendes? He is. Man? He is. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you'd, you'd surprised, really, because you think that you know. They always kind of find a move, and they probably will do between now and the end of the end of end of uh, September the first. But you really don't want him to, and and if he does, he will. I'm, I'm almost certainly leave the club. But what you don't want is to for him to go on loan and just pay the wages to you. You really want some kind of a transfer fee. Yeah, I think so, especially with him being a year left and mm-hmm. and trying to get something out of uh, mm-hmm. out of him. The problem is that, as I say, no, Wolves have not had a ser- serious proposal to try and get him out. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, up until this point, um, on a permanent deal, push come to shove, Wolves can't get him out permanently. But you need him out of the building, alone with a loan fee. It's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but at this moment in time, anything to get him 
off the books and out of the building might be the best course of action. Sat outside last night, Liam, having a lovely barbecue with the uh, with, my, with my beautiful wife and uh, two stunning dogs, and um, and you Where know, was my I'm, invite? well, you know, you were a little bit too far away. You you were a good fifteen minute drive, so I. <laughs> Um, and um, wow. and it got a little, it got a little bit nippy. It was about eight nine o'clock, and we had a, we were having a, a nice glass of red. And I was like, oh, do you remember when you go? Oh, we have been to um to to some lovely restaurants together. And when you go outside, it gets a little bit chilly, and you don't really want a blanket. You've got those amazing little tower burners. You know the ones with the flames that are nice and warm, just by your by your outdoor patio. And you think, oh, I wish I had one of them at home. Well, do you know what? You can buy one right now. And do you know where you can buy it, Liam? It's not, is it? Is oh, it? it is. It is. It's true. It's damn true. <laughs> KellenToasterman.co.uk. The tower, T978508, Apollo burner with chimney and built-in wood storage. Come on. Come on. I mean, that does sound pretty good, I can't lie. I mean, I'm looking at it now. The flames are going. I mean, it's proper top drawer. And then there's a light at the top. Takes away all the bugs. It's like a fire pit with a chimney. It looks unbelievable. I'm actually genuinely excited about this. I'm looking at it now. Um, I am with every product, but oh my God. Start having cosy nights snuggled in your garden straight away. How much? Obviously, this is a, a higher end item from Catlin Toastman, but how much, Liam, for that? And it looks great, great. I mean, it's got to be... It's big. It's, it's, it's expensive, so don't, don't do me on this. <laughs> Let me add a few zeros onto it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's gotta be a good five hundred. Oh, I tell you what, you can reduce it from five. Wait, buy five or? F- you can reduce it. You can reduce it from five. Come on. I don't know what that means. Five hundred. Reduce it from five hundred. Keep going. What does reduce it from five hundred mean? Go less. Guess less. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird way of phrasing it. Sorry. It's like it was like Victorian. Just get on with it. <laughs> We're running out of time. Four fifty. Lower. 400. Lower. You're joking. Oh, it's not 350. Oh, I tell you what. What? Half it. What? Half, Half it? I know it's difficult for you now. Come on. There's your maths. 350. 175. Go lower. See, you're impressed that I half that then? Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I, know, but I know you've got a calculator on your phone. <laughs> 120. Lower. Mate. Uh, mate, I'm not joking. Honestly, you're going to have to have a look. 75. 100 pounds. <laughs> I was kind of too low, too <laughs> low. One hundred pounds, unbelievable, yeah. Hundred pounds. That's pretty good at that. Kellentoastman.co.uk. Just go to uh, Outdoor Living, uh, click on that, and it will be there for you. Uh, past the barbecues, second row, one hundred pounds. If anyone's bought any products from Kellen Toastman, including this, if you fancy it, then let us know how it is because it's it's just it's just amazing. It's fabulous, and uh, we love them and respect them. Right, questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Ten minutes of questions, then that's hit, it. Hit me. Actually, eight minutes of questions. Can yeah, we do a Everton minute as well? Can we do a minute answer per, per yeah, yeah, question? Yeah. Then we'll do Everton. Okay, oh, minute I answer. Do, I'll try and do, try and do less for you. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Wolfpack. Have you seen the Wolves fixtures when African Cup of Nations 2024? That's the 13th of January to the 11th of February. Is on hard run of games. Assuming if they qualify next month, we will lose Lamina. Bubakar Traore and Ike Nouri. Surely an attack-minded centre midfield is more of a priority than people think this window. Then he lists the games, and this is obviously if your teams or if their teams one go and two 
um, go all the way. But Brighton away, Man United at home, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Tottenham away. That's a nice run, that. Goodness me, when's that? January. Who's doing this barbecue? You're hosting the barbecue, are you? Crikey. Uh, don't think so. Uh, um, I might so have a yeah. house. <laughs> I might need to use it. Uh, so, so yeah, that's an interesting one. But um, to be honest, I hadn't really taken, I think, Cup of Nations or even thought about it. So, good tweet. No, I thought it was a very good question, actually. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, something I hadn't even thought of or considered, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough one for Wolves because they'll obviously be aware of it. They'll know that it's coming, but it's almost a a, a problem for the future. Not that Wolves mm. aren't going to necessarily deal with it um, as and when, but it's um, there's not much you can do now because obviously with the financial positions, one thing and transfers and blah blah blah, everything that's going on at the moment. But you're equally Wolves can't just you know sign three or four players to replace these players and just keep them around between now and January and maybe not play them that much and they'll be annoyed and unhappy and then all of a sudden oh yeah you no know, these players are gone now you can play in January and you know they can only prepare for it to a certain extent and it'll probably be a case of hoping there's a little bit of luck with injuries going into those January fixtures without replacements or bringing loans back or whatever it might be and. Um, and, and dealing with it there and then, and, and if they can make a signing in January, great. But that's probably the way that they're going to have to approach it. Yeah. Um, Freezing Wolves. Uh, if we sign a new centre back, who drops out? Kilman and Dawson are both woefully exposed for pace. Kilman isn't vocal, but he has the armband. But Dawson has the experience. So which one of the two warms the bench? Look, I mean, I'm maybe answer this for you. I, I think that if they bring a centre back in, Liam, I think that that Greg Dawson and and, and Max Kilman are, are the starting two for Wolves going forward. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. I know they had a bad game on, on Saturday, but who didn't? So uh, we, I would be very surprised if someone comes in and, at this stage and, and is a starter and one of those two hit the bench. Well, certainly not Kilman, he's the captain. We can discuss, you know, I think we have discussed about the captaincy and I, I wouldn't have given it to him, but good luck to the, good luck to the lad. Um, but I think that it'll be, it'll be a third or fourth choice, won't it, who comes in here? I think you've answered it for me. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I think I think it has to be, um, especially position Wolves are in, and I see them to starting for for the time being at least. But you know what I think about Totti Gomez? I hope he comes in. Um, big fan of him. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, Rich says, "Can we recall Chiquinho from Stoke before the window closes? He might as well sit on our bench if he's not starting there." Well, I'm sure that he will. You know, you got to remember he's come back from an ACL injury. You know, I'm sure he'll start playing there regularly and, and getting more minutes. Uh, Wolves do have a recall for him in January. So mm-hmm. it's not going to happen in August, but they do have a recall for him in January. And um, I suspect that it's probably with a, uh, you know an eye to the African Cup of Nations as well. Mm-hmm. So look, Wolves, going back to that question briefly, Wolves are obviously thinking about that. And in terms of Chiquinho, they need him to, 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 to go and play. And if he does well between now and January and, and O'Neill wants him back, then Wolves have got the opportunity to bring him back. Couple of questions uh, I'll, I'll put together. Ian Newman and Jukebox Hikes, uh, both of them on Jose Sarr. Uh, Ian says, I think we need to try and sell Sarr and bring in a keeper. Sarr struggles with the ball at his feet and he's too erratic. Jukebox says, Jose Sarr's passing uh, was appalling against Brighton with several passes flying over Neto and into the sideline and others completely missing their target. Is he too much of a liability to rely on as a first pick keeper this season? Yeah, I thought he was poor. Um... Not just the goals, but the distribution, as I said in those questions. Yeah, I didn't think he had a great game at all. And, and obviously, you know, I reported a few months back, Wolves were looking at doing something this summer with the goalkeeper department, potentially. Um, I think they were interested in, in exploring the opportunity of 
of replacing Saar if the if the chance came around and and I don't think it was necessarily a priority but it was something that Lopetegui wanted to look at and it's obviously not going to be uh, you know a priority now I don't think uh, I don't I don't see anything happening between now and the end of end of the window um, and it'd be interesting what O'Neill makes of of Jose Saar going forward but I'd be surprised if he's not the goalkeeper between now and January at the very least and you've got to try and get the best out of him we know there's a very good goalkeeper in there but for me, he just seems to lose his confidence. He doesn't look. He's not, he's not the dominant force in the box that we've um, that we've seen. He's not as commanding as we've seen. It's it is a little bit worrying. It's something sort of in the back of my mind that I do. It does concern me. But equally, if you improve the play around him defensively, then it becomes maybe less less of an issue. Um, Jonas says, "What are your thoughts on O'Neill staying positive and aggressive against the side of Brighton's quality? Uh, was it naive or brave from O'Neill? Uh, I thought it interesting, was... interesting, really, because look, I think people were kind of pleased before the game. Hindsight's a great thing, but was that would that have been a better play against Luton at home rather than someone like Brighton? Yeah, I think it was admirable, but slightly naive, to be honest, because." Brighton love when teams press them because they find they're so quick on the transition they find the spacing behind. I think Wolves would have been better served counter attacking in that game on Saturday, um, but at the same time, you have to almost respect it in some ways. Really, that O'Neill come into his first home game against a very good team in Brighton and wants to go toe to toe with them, wants to put on a show for for the supporters. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but he wants to. He wanted to get them off their feet, score goals, have Wolves entertaining and dangerous. And I like it, but you've also got to try and find the right balance. And I don't think he found that against Brighton. Um, he does say that his preference going forward is to be that aggressive going forward. But I suspect there'll be certain games, away games, tough fixtures where that will change as well. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he approaches it, particularly after these first two games, but also with, with certain fixtures going forward. Yeah, uh, a couple more then. Uh, Stu says, whose magnificent idea was it to sell pies at a higher price than at the Emirates? And he's uh, taken a picture of the Titanic, which is, uh, I guess, one of the the, um, the the convenience places inside uh, Molyneux. Bacon cheeseburger pie. Sounds terrible, that, by the way. Bacon <laughs> cheeseburger pie. 575 Black Country Balti Chicken Pie. That's more like it. 575 Steak and Ale Pie. And curry potato pie, all nearly six quid. Good is that good a price? Bad price for a pie, would you say, Keno, if um, you're the the other consumer? Yeah, I haven't bought a pie at a football ground for a long time considering mm. I've been working in football. So mm. I don't know what the prices are. Um it does seem a little bit steep for a pie, almost six quid to be honest, but this is um a reflection of modern football, unfortunately. Everything's increasingly more expensive. Craig, uh, Vicky, I'm going to come back to your question in a minute. Uh, Craig says, are Wolves looking for any outside sources of revenue, such as further sponsorship deals? Uh, would he be opposed to renaming Molyneux if it meant helping us with FFP? Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting one with the naming rights at Molyneux because, I, first of all, I don't think the supporters would have it. Me, personally, I, I wouldn't be a fan of it. Um but if supporters were given a promise, it would fund A, B and C. Maybe some would be around to it, but it depends very much on what the deal was. Um, I had a quick look at some other clubs and where they're at. <laughs> wasn't me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. had a quick look at some other clubs and where they're at. And Spurs and West Ham have been looking for naming rights sponsors for, for their grounds for 
a number of years now and it hasn't worked out. So I don't think it's as easy as people think as well. I, probably to do with the number of companies that can afford what it would what it would cost to do. So um yeah there's the Express and Star Stadium. <laughs> that would no, that would be good. Might the be Wolves li- Pod the Wolves Poddy Stadium. Might be a little bit out of our budget, if I'm honest. Just a tad. Um but yeah. Um, We've seen my expenses I'm bringing in tomorrow. Well that's a good point. Yeah, with, with sort of redeveloping modern you it's been very much on the back burner for a long time. There's nothing changed as far as I'm concerned with that. Nothing imminent. So not much more really than trying to find out when and if it's going to become a priority, but I don't believe it is. Okay, right. Let's move on to um, Wolves against Everton. I don't know why I'm talking to you about this because you're not going to bloody be there. So um, this can be a quick one. No, I'm only kidding. Will you? You'll be there in spirit. Will you be able to watch it a little bit, Liam, or um, will you be? Will you be just tuning into myself and Matt's uh, tweets? Yeah, I think it would most likely be tweets because it's a three o'clock kickoff, isn't it? And I mm. obviously would I wouldn't dream of getting an illegal stream. Dodgy stream, no? Why? Um, why would you? No, no, no. Well, I am also going to be out and about in Edinburgh, so I doubt I'll have time to sit down and watch. You're going to be smashed, but, aren't you? Um, I'll have a couple of beverages and watch watch from um, the comfort of a of a of a pub, perhaps. Uh, is it good the fringe? Have you been before? By the way, literally thirty seconds because I know we're running out of time. Uh, I've not really. been to the fringe before, but I have been to Edinburgh before. A great city. So yeah, looking. For Whiskey it. for you? Or are you on the beers? You on the beers? Uh, aren't you? Maybe a bit of both. I love that. Well, okay. It won't be too crazy because it's one there with Rosie's family as well. But it's going to be it's going to be hopefully very enjoyable. And I love it. A lot of selection decisions for for Gary O'Neill. I'm not just talking about replacing Matthias Nunes. Uh, Everton were woeful against against um, Aston Villa. I think that they have to be a lot better for me. Um, in front of a home crowd, it's it's a big big game for me. It is a big game because I, I, I like I said, I do think Wolves are somewhere in the middle of these two performances, but they need to put on a performance and they they need to get some points on the board or points on the board for me at least. Uh, Dominic Calvin Lewin, I, I assume, be very doubtful for this game. Looks uh, like his cheekbone was potentially broken, but if if so, then you'd expect him to to definitely miss this one. But you know, you look at the Everton side and you think that they are there to be got at. But Fabio Silva played. You know, Wolves went attacking against Brighton. What do you think they will do here? What do you think, Gary? Does he go back and 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 maybe take Fabio out and and play more? of the line that we saw against Manchester United and Sarabia come back in. Does Matt, Matt Doherty come in for um, for Semedo? Could you even see, and Vicky suggested this, and, and I must admit we kind of slightly considered it as well. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking it probably won't, but I don't think it's beyond the realms just because of the, the centre-back situation. But could, he even, could we see him going to a back five with, with Nunes out? Um, then maybe Doc and Orion Nuri and play three centre-backs away from home. What are your thoughts going into this one? So, I think looking at, obviously, the Nunes being out and, and where Wolves are at at the moment, the, the squad that Everton have being away from home, and Goodison's a difficult place to go, as I say. It's you know intimidating, intimidating atmosphere. It's you know very noisy. Um, I think my prediction is that O'Neill will stick with the formation and make maybe bring a Huang in and make... One or two, uh, maybe Sarabia back in as well, and make one or two changes, but keep the same sort of system and formation. So like a Huang and Sarabia for for Neto and no for Nunes and Silva. Nunes oh, okay. and Silva. Nunes and Silva. You can't. I can't keep Nunes in, can I? When he's on a red card, I'd have. I'd have thought you'd know that being a football guy. No, but I'm, obviously I thought you were going to replace him as well. <laughs> talking about the wide players to start <laughs> with. Um, yeah, douche. That's what I'm. That's my. That's what I'm going to predict. But I'm going to. I'm going to make an argument for why five at the back might be a good idea. Go on. 
So obviously there's the problem with only having three senior centre-backs, but I'm going to ignore that for a second. But I, I, I acknowledge that, yeah, that's that's a, a concern. But bringing Totti in, um, he's a lot more athletic. He's quicker than both Dawson and Kilman. I think you can play all three of them in a in a in a back three together. I think you play Doherty as a wing back and you keep Aitnori in. So mm-hmm. the main reason defensively for that is I think for all of Everton's struggles they are going to be decent from set pieces and that, that I think that's where they're going to try and take the advantage of Wolves. And having Totti in there I think Wolves gets a much much better opportunity or more of an advantage defensively. So for though for for Totti's advantages and what he brings to the team, I think that could work equally as the wing backs. I think having Doherty in a wing back starting a game in a five for Wolves going forward, I think could be very dangerous. And then I actually would go even with Nunes being out, I would go with three in midfield. I would. It's potentially going to be a little bit chaotic me suggesting this, but I would go Gomez, Lamina, and Bubakar Traore. And with those unlucky, unlucky Joe Hodge. And lucky Joe Hodge. I'm a big fan of Joe Hodge, but um, I think I would just go with Bubakar because of his stature, his energy. Mm. He wins the ball high up the field as well. I think you have him. You don't have him playing further forward than those two, but you have him certainly pressing further forward um, of those midfielders. And he's got the capabilities of winning that ball high up the pitch, particularly against Ducore, Onana, Idrissa Gay, mm. these kind of players. I mm. think he could work really well against them at winning the ball back and getting Wolves further up the pitch. And with that, I think you play three midfield and then two up top, and I would play Huang and Cunha together. And I think that's potentially with Cunha's hold-up play and mm. link-up play and Huang's quite direct running. Uh, he will run beyond a player as well. I think that has got the potential to unlock Everton and also keep Wolves defensively intact. So... There's a couple of risks in choosing that, but that's my argument for for, for going to, to that back five in that formation for me. I think that, so. Give me your starting eleven then. So my starting pick. eleven for what 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 I think or what I would do. What you would do? What, what I would? What, oh yeah. What I think? Oh uh, no, go on then. What, what what you think? What you think he's going to go with? What I think he'll do is I think he'll go Saar, Doherty, Dawson, Dockin. Okay. Dawson, Kilman, Aitnori. Okay. Uh, Neto, oh, what would it be? Neto, Gomez, Lamina, Huang, Sarabia, Cunha. Mm. So the four four one one. That's what I think Gary Neal would do. Yeah. What I would do is I'd do a five three two. Mm-hmm. Saar, the back three of uh, Dawson, Kilman, Totti. Probably Kilman on the right, Dawson in the middle, Totti left. Yeah. Doc and Aitnori as two wing yeah. backs. Gomez, Lamina and Bubakar Traore midfield. Huang mm. and Cunha up top. I prefer that team, I'll be honest. I prefer your team. Maybe I, maybe I should be getting the wages. Uh, no. I'll take it. Uh, no. And, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. Look, we'll do, you do the scoreline first because, obviously, you're going to be on the Persian Edinburgh and I'll, I'll do it for the um, for the money. Do you know what I say? I say the money. Do you know what we're going to give away? I'm ready. Hit me. I'm going to give away that tower. I'm going to give away the heater. You're not. I'm going to give away the outdoor heater, baby. The oh, outdoor heater love, is up for grabs. Love that. Can I do oh, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. RTing it, baby. Make sure you RT the tweet and we will get you into the heater. Right. So my my prediction doesn't matter. So 5-0 no Wolves. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh, I'm going to say mm-hmm. Wolves win 1-0. Oh. I, I think it's a really tight one. I think the Wolves are going to win it. And it's not a pretty game at all. Not in the slightest. I think it's My a good dreadful God, game you're... of football. Okay, this is, this is what I had and I'm sticking to it and, <clears throat> and the explanation I'm going to stick to as well. You've taken the word right out of my mouth. I think it's going to be a terrible, terrible game of football. I think it's going to be nasty. Things will be niggly. Things going to have more than seven bookings. I don't think Wolves are going to have the amount of shots they have done recently. Um, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be scrappy. I think Wolves nick it 1-0. I'm going to say 1-0 too. God, I'm I both in right. agreement. One nil, a one nil win away from home, and I don't care. I don't care about shots. I don't care if Wolves have zero shots and it's a deflected goal. Let's just get on the board with three points. That would be great. And there's um, a lot of riding on this for me, by the way. Very quickly. Go on. As I say, I'm going to Edinburgh with Rosie. We're going with her dad and her sisters as well. Yeah. Hope you've got separate rooms. Carry on. We do. Oh, thank God. Guess who her dad supports? Oh no! Really? Everton, Everton fan. Oh. Gross. I um for for my just just for my own sanity over the next few days, Wolves have to win this game. They need to win that game. Please. They need to win that game. I'm well you'll be all chatting, oh I think it's a lovely stage. Yeah, it's really nice, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm chatting away to you to yeah, your dad's lovely into yeah, let's get on well. Yeah, no, it's a really uh, iconic stadium, fantastic, brilliant, and then you come and slag them off in this podcast. Just think of me when uh, my knees are, uh, are literally bent into uh, right angles um, and all sorts in, in that, that literally disgusting press box that is Everton. And Can't wait, actually, just, just, as, uh, just, as, uh, just to say that my accreditation has come through and been accepted, so they haven't been listening to this pod, so that's fine. Um, so uh, I shall see you on Saturday, um, along with Mr Matt Mayer. Liam, have a great time, all joking aside. Hope you enjoy it. I'm very jealous you're going to the Fringe. Um, and we will speak to you. So you're back Friday before Palace. So I've got to say, I might have to try and get a pod out somewhere next yeah. week. Yeah, we're going to have to try and fit in. So I'm, um, I mean, this is more of an off-air off discussion, but I'll throw it yeah. out there anyway. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I, I am sort of back from Edinburgh before I then go to London to watch Peter Kay. Oh, so, was it? Are you are you actually here? Are you actually working? It's no, unbelievable. No, 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 this. No, no, no. This this is included in my up to Friday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm actually back in uh, back at my house for one night. So potentially right. we can we can fit the body in then. Okay, okay. As as always, I'll be I'll be working on my time off because I'm you know I'm uh, committed to the cause apart from going to Everton. Uh, excellent news. Okay, well, we, we shall miss you. I shall miss you. Um, I'll, I'll keep a seat open for you. I'll bring a little cardboard cutout of you and stick you there. From me, from Liam. Uh, have a great weekend. Let's hope we get three points because someone's winning a tower burner, baby, for the outside patio. Take care. Bye bye. You better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back.